Good morning. Hi, this is Randy Landry, and this is my 141st podcast, Common Sense and Ramblings in America. Today, I'm going to do a podcast on Pelosi. And it's like, oh, let's celebrate. One of the most hateful people in politics today is going to step down from her position as Speaker of the House, or should I say, uh, major- minority leader, now that um, the Republicans have won the House or Representatives. So she will not be the House Representatives, Speaker of the House anymore. So thank the hell God. Um, ever since she ripped up um, the State of the Union speech by Mr. President Trump, a few years back when he was president, um, I realized what kind of person she really, really was. And um, spiteful and hateful is one of them. And crooked, you know, her with her husband, collecting um, information basically from her so he could buy stocks in an opportune manner and make all kinds of money. Um, so, yeah, so she's as crooked as can be for somebody that... Um, has worked pretty much all of her life in public service, is a mega, mega millionaire, um, richer than Biden by far, but still making way too much money for a public servant. Somebody that can afford a $10,000, refrigerator and freezer um, and a mansion like she has, and probably even has her own private jet by now, it was way too rich. Living on the dole way too much. So I'm going to read a few postings that I put out um, in the last week or so. Um, discussing what just happened. Okay, let's begin. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced that she will relinquish her leadership post after leading House Democrats for two decades. Building a legacy as one of the most powerful and polarizing figures in American politics. Pelosi, the first and only woman to serve as Speaker, said she would continue to serve in the House, giving the next generation the opportunity to lead the House Democrats, who will be in the minority next year despite a better-than-expected midterm election performance. I will not seek re-election to Democratic leadership in the next Congress, said Pelosi. In the House chamber, for me, the hour has come for a new generation to lead the Democratic caucus that I so deeply respect, and I am grateful that so many are ready and willing to shoulder this awesome responsibility. Pelosi, 82, rose to the top of the House Democratic Caucus in 2002 after leading many in her party against a resolution authorizing the use of force in Iraq. She then guided Democrats as they rode the waves of popular opinion, seeing their power swell to a 257-seat majority after the 2008 elections, ultimately crashed to a 188-seat minority, and then rise once again. Her political career was marked by an extraordinary ability to understand and overcome those political shifts, keeping conflicting factions of her party united in passing major legislation. She earned the Speaker's gavel twice after the 2006 and 2018 elections and lost it after the 2010 elections. Of late, she has conducted a string of accomplishments with one of the slimmest party splits in history, passing a $1.9 trillion pandemic aid package last year and a $750 billion health care, energy, and climate bill in August. Her legislative victories in the Biden era cemented her reputation as one of the most successful party leaders in Congress. 
during the Obama administration, Pelosi was instrumental in the passage of the massive economic stimulus bill and the 2010 Affordable Care Act, which provides over 35 million Americans health care coverage. Over the past 20 years, a California liberal has been relentlessly attacked by Republicans who portray her as a personification of a party for the coastal elite. We have fired Nancy Pelosi, said Senate House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy on Fox News on Wednesday after Republicans went back to chamber. In recent years, the anger directed toward her has turned menacing. During the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol, pro-Trump riders searched for her. And last month, a male assailant attacked Paul Pelosi, the Speaker's husband, with a hammer at the couple's house in San Francisco as she was in Washington. Pelosi told CNN's Anderson Cooper this month that her decisions to retire would be influenced by the politically motivated attack. Paul Pelosi was released from the hospital two weeks ago after surgery to repair a skull fracture and injuries to his arm and hands. After thanking her colleagues for their well wishes for Paul, the House chamber broke out into a standing ovation. Democrats now look to finally choose Pelosi's successor. Pelosi's long reign became a source of tension with her own party. She won the gavel after the 2018 elections by promising her own party that she would leave her leadership post by 2022. Massachusetts Republican Seth Bolton, who previously tried to oust Pelosi, took, told CNN it's time for a new chapter. She's a historic speaker who's accomplished an incredible amount, but I also think there are a lot of Democrats ready for a new chapter, said Bolton. But some Democrats raised praise Pelosi and said they wish she would remain leader. Asked about her decision, Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer clutched his chest and said he had pleaded her with her to stay. I told her when she called me and told me this and all that. I said, please change your mind. We need to hear, Schumer said. House Democrats appear likely to choose New York Representative Akeem Jeffries, 52, to succeed Pelosi as leader. But Democrats won't vote until November 30th, which we already know has happened to take place. After her speech, Pelosi wouldn't tell reporters who she'd support. But House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer and House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn announced they would also step down from their leadership posts and endorse Jeffries to secede Pelosi. Hoyer said Jeffries will make history for the institution of the House and for our country. Clyburn added that he hoped Massachusetts Representative Catherine Clark and California Representative Pete Aguilar would join Jeffries in House Democratic leadership. Hoyer Pelosi's announcement, Ohio Representative Joyce Beatty, chairman of the Congressional Black Caucus, told CNN that she expects her caucus to throw their support behind Jeffries and help him become the first Black House Democratic leader. If she steps aside, I am very clear that Hakeem Jeffries is the person that I will be voting for and leading the Congressional Black Caucus to vote for, said Beatty. I don't always speak for everybody, but I am very comfortable saying I believe that every member of the Congressional Black Caucus would vote for Hakeem Jeffries. Retiring North Carolina Republican J.K. or G.K. Sarah Butterfield, a former CBC chairman, told CNN that Jeffries is prepared for the hot moment when Pelosi steps aside. Butterfield said he thought Jeffries would run. The longtime Democratic leader told CNN's Donna Bash on State of the Union on Sunday that members of her caucus had asked her to consider running in the party's leadership elections at the end of the month, adding, but again, let's just get through the election. So we all know that um, they held the Senate and lost the House. So um, they actually gained a seat in the Senate. 
and I went over this um, in my last week's podcast about why the Republicans um, lost further ground in this House, so I won't rehash that. This is mainly about Pelosi, so let's continue. Pelosi was first elected to the House in 1987 when she won a special election to fill a seat representing California's 5th Congressional District. When she was first elected Speaker, Pelosi reflected on the significance of the event and what it meant for women in the United States. This was an historic moment, she said in a speech after accepting the Speaker's gavel. It's an historic moment for the Congress. It's an historic moment for the women of America. As House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said herself, quoting scripture on the House floor Thursday, for everything there is a reason, a time for every purpose under heaven. For Pelosi this season to be leader of the House Democrats has passed. She made the right decision this week to step away from leadership in January, when a new Republican majority will take over the House and the right, even generous decision to stay in Congress for now. She'll continue to represent San Francisco while serving as an invaluable source of guidance and resolve for the next generation of House Democratic leaders. Pelosi's decision to step aside is also important for sending the message that politicians can keep their promises. She now fulfills a pledge she made in 2018. 882, Pelosi is an historic figure, of course, the first female Speaker of the House, and one of the strongest speakers, if not the strongest, that Americans ever seen. She has endured through the Tea Party movement and the Trump era, a recession and a pandemic, a violent coup attempt, which is bullshit, at the Capitol, and a brutal hammer attack on her husband, which we're not really sure what the hell exactly happened there either, inspired by a rational hatred of her, which we don't know. She has been the steady hand on the gavel during some of the most turbulent times the nation has ever confronted. Again, bullshit. Um, I don't totally agree with this article. I post it because I like to pose articles that are both sides of the fence. But more than surviving enduring, she has prevailed, sometimes with the odds seemed longest Democrats have a reputation for fretful insecurity, also known as bedwetting. Pelosi is the opposite. She's typically positive, sometimes irrationally so, but her optimism and confidence send yes weekend messages that raise morale and often pay off. Yet as a minority in a GOP-run house, Democrats won't be able to rack up accomplishments like they did in the last two years. Beyond that, it is past time for a leadership shift. <coughs> younger Democrats. And by that, we all are talking anyone younger than Pelosi and our 280-something lieutenants. Representatives Danny Hoyer and Jim Clyburn have been waiting forever to raise in the ranks. As Punchbowl News put it, generations of ambitious Democrats have come and gone from the House, stifled under leadership that has been in place for two decades. Last week, when Republicans headed for a narrow House majority rather than a crushing victory, President Joe Biden told Pelosi, I hope you stick. Pelosi, political reported. Senate Majority Charles Schumer felt the same way. But tangling with a Republican Speaker and a majority out for investigative blood could not have been a tempting prospect, especially for a results-oriented leader whose policy goals will now be largely and perhaps entirely unattainable, and for a wife whose husband faces a long recovery from serious injuries. There were calls for Pelosi to step aside in 2010 when Democrats lost 60 House seats. A true wipeout. When you have the largest turnover since 1948, then it's time to shake things up. Then Republican Jim Matheson of Utah, co-chair of the centrist Blue Dog Coalition, said at the time. Another Blue Dog, Heather Schuler, said her she'd run against Pelosi for minority leader. Lawmakers from New York and Oklahoma said she should resign. She resisted those calls and held on as a majority leader 
minority leaders are through eight years of House Republican majorities. As historic 2010 GOP gains in state legislatures led to a new House maps that favored Republicans, Democrats finally rebounded in 2018 thanks to President Donald Trump. It is now hard to imagine the last 20 years without Pelosi the Speaker's chair for eight of them. An example of two women in the nation of what Jeffries called the power of possibility. He's looking to make demographic history <coughs> of his own this month. If he wins the November 30th vote for Democratic leader, which he did, he'll be the first black leader of either party in Congress. Jeffries and the rest of the new leaders favored to win will be better reflect the party's diversity in the House, where there are over 100 Democratic members of color, as well as their voting coalition. When the vote is over, Democrats will most likely be looking at a team of Jeffries, Massachusetts Republican Catherine Clark, and California Republican Pete Aguilar. The trio's average age is three decades younger than their current leaders. Pelosi's decision to step aside is also important, but then mentioned that politicians can keep their promises, like I already stated. Uh, let's see here. Okay, this is an article. California braces for post-Pelosi future. We are mindful that we are going to have to be more proactive as a state in terms of our efforts in Washington, D.C. That was Gavin Newsom, Governor Gavin Newsom's delicately worded assessment of how California might fare differently under Kevin McCarthy. Newsom said, don't take people like Nancy Pelosi for granted. The amount of things Nancy has done behind the scenes during the Trump years to stop cuts, draconian impacts on the people of the state of California. You won't have enough tape, even if it's digital, for me to eliminate and highlight just for those years, few years. Yet I don't expect a lot of support coming from the Republican caucus. If passed, it is prologue. We're going to have to be creative. So there's going to be a lot of shakeup going on. And um, I hope. Um, some investigations and maybe actually some um, charges made. Um, Pelosi um, tried to impeach Trump twice, both times um, for reasons that were just ridiculous, ridiculous reasons. They were unsubstantiated um, charges, and it didn't go through because they were false. Um, there was a lot of... Um, corruption going on under Pelosi and <coughs> investigations and um, against Trump and against other politicians um, that were illegitimate um, spying um, oh not lying uh, manipulating facts uh, you know trying to affect a lot elections I mean it's just so much going on that the Democrats just seem to think as long as they don't get caught, it's okay what they did. And um, and there just was no uh, no accountability when she was in office. I mean, you have um, Hillary Clinton destroying all those emails and drives and phones and all that kind of stuff that had valuable information showing that um, which some of the bad things she had done when she was in office. And um, she got away with it. And um, they've um, weaponized the FBI, the CIA, probably Homeland Security, too. Certainly the judicial branch of the government um, to fight and suppress the conservatives. So, 
yes, it's going to be an end of an error, and, um, well, thank God, okay? We cannot function as a country much longer. Some of the bills they passed were just insane. And, uh, bills that actually involved spending more money than the entire federal budget. How in the hell can you have a bill that's going to double and triple the spending? Where is that money going to come from? We're already in deficit spending as it is, so you're just going to have to borrow more money? Who are you borrowing it for? And how are we going to pay it back? And China already owes, owns over a trillion dollars of debt that we can't even pay back that one trillion dollars in debt. So what are they going to do? I mean, they're going to um, collect on it? What did we put up for collateral um, for that? Did we put up our national parks? Did we put up more farmland? What did we put up? Uh, military secrets? Who in the hell knows what, you know, under Biden, what we've done. So, um, it's just, it's been bad. I mean, her decisions to, to keep um, certain politicians um, in positions and uh, committees that were compromised um, is another thing. You know, one of her cohorts was sleeping with the enemy, uh, with a, a known Chinese spy. And so I won't mention names. We all know who that, that person is. Um, it's just, yeah, the good old boy network has taken a hit, thank God. And hopefully um, we'll get rid of some other people, too, eventually. Uh, the Republican Party definitely needs to shake up their, their tree a little bit in the apple cart and throw some bad apples out. Um, it, it's just... Some of these people have been in office way too long. The thing we need to do now that she's out is we need to work on term limits. We need to get rid of these career politicians that have been in office 30, 40, and 50 years um, because it, the temptation is too great to make money and to do bad things. <laughs> power, unlimited power is corruptible and wealth Attaining the wealth is, is also an issue, too. And um, there's just so many things wrong with our government and how Congress works uh, that we really, really need to fix things up and, and just cut down on the possibilities or the opportunities for this illegal activity to take place. And people don't work their asses off to have huge portions of their income taxed for bullshit, okay? Um, there is no reason to have some of these agencies. I wrote an article not too long ago about um, how many agencies there really truly is. I mean, it took pages and pages. I finally found a website that listed almost pretty much all of them. Um, and it's insane. I mean, every letter had a, of the alphabet had a boatload of offices that were listed under that particular letter. Um, some were actually had hundreds of, um, uh, branches or not branches, whatever, you know, in the government, um, that just have unbelievable amounts of power. And in, in many cases, actually their members carry guns. Why do they have to carry guns for? What are they doing with that? 
So I'm going to wrap this up pretty quickly. Um, there's really no point in beating the horse too much more. Um, I'm hoping for better things um, in the new year. <coughs> but we took a major hit in the last year, the last two years. Um, basically, yeah, since COVID hit. Um, and then Trump lost the 2020 election. And the shit that's happened under Biden and still happening. So um, I'm hoping with Pelosi gone, and I hope she actually steps down. I mean, retires too. She's not going to want to be just a regular person again, a regular politician. Uh, I can't see her doing that. It'll be too much, especially with somebody else taking over her position. I think she's way too proud for that and too egocentric to allow that to happen and, and stay that way. So, guys, um, wish you the best, um, and happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. <coughs> I will continue posting. Um, I'm going to be working right through the Christmas season, the holiday season, at my full-time job. Um, and soon I'll be starting to um, work on my first um, novel. Um, I've written 14 nonfiction books. Um, on varied subjects, so now I'm going to try uh, my hand at um, writing a fiction work. But the fictional work is going to have a lot of, um, it's going to be realistic. It's going to cover a lot of topics and things that are going on in this country. Um, kind of use that as like a reinforcement uh, to help people, or way for people to see what's going on with our country. And why we got to fix things. So I've done some research. I've contacted some people that are experts in different fields. So I can um, give a more accurate depiction of um, things that are going on. Plus all the research I have done in the past. So that's going to help too. So yeah, I'll be starting that in the next couple of months. Um, it's going to take me a while. I'm not sure if it's going to be a three volume set. A trilogy or just one we'll have to see how it goes uh, I've got the idea that I will probably end up writing three books on it that um, seems to be the trend now but we'll see this depends on how well it goes um, it's gonna be something totally different from my past uh, works that I've written um, so it's be totally creative um, not just working on something that I've done or a bit accomplished or what have you or experience so again, um, happy holidays, you take care, and until next week.